والله يعيدكم مغفرة منه وفضلا صدق الله العظيم All praise, all thanks is only due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity of gathering in the house of Allah ta'ala on this Mubarak occasion of Jumu'ah We make dua to Allah ta'ala that he allows us to see many many more days of Jumu'ah We make dua to Allah ta'ala that he allows us to appreciate this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah and we also make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He allows the last day of our earthly life to be the Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. We find that Shaitan, Allah Ta'ala has made it such that Shaitan has got his schemes, his tricks, his plots in place. And Shaitan frightens people with certain methods. But Allah Ta'ala is warning us beforehand, Allah Ta'ala is warning us in the Quran that this will be the method of Shaitan to frighten you, to get his work done. One way to get people to behave in a certain manner is to put fear and to instill fear in people. There was a doctor that mentioned to me recently, he was working in the trauma units, in the emergency units, in some of the hospitals, public hospitals, during this COVID period. He says one thing we noticed very, very strange amongst patients generally is that their behavior was very, very different. The behavior, the speech, their talk, the mannerisms was very, very different. It was something that we never noticed in patients. And when we anal analyzed it, our doctors got together and we analyzed to see why is this behavior patterns changing in people, erratic behavior, strange behavior. We realized that because of the heightened level of fear, the mind also started thinking in a certain way. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us in this ayat which I read, is how shaitan is going to get you to behave in a certain manner, how he's going to affect and how he's going to ensure that he changes your behavior patterns Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayat is saying ash-shaytanu ya'idukumul faqara shaitan what he's going to do he's going to frighten you with what he's going to frighten you with poverty so this is going to be one method of shaitan getting you to do what he wants you to do and then the second method that he uses وَيَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَى He bids you, he encourages you, he commands you, commands you towards those things that are obscene, those things that are evil. So these are, in this ayah, these are the two plots Allah Ta'ala is spelling out to us that this is the method the shaitan is going to use. One is he's going to use, put fear of poverty in you. And I'll explain that just now. And the other is he's going to get you, he's going to bid you and he's going to force you or he's going to rather command you to do those things that are obscene and go towards evil. And then Allah Ta'ala simultaneously is telling us, this is what shaitan is doing and listen what I have to promise you. One is that promise of shaitan that you're going to end up with fear. He's frightening you with this. Allah Ta'ala is saying, listen what I got to promise you. Allah is saying, I'm promising you from my side maghfirat. In other words, if you happen to fall, you happen to slip, you happen to make a mistake, you come back to me, I'm promising you that I'm there to forgive you. I'm promising you grace, I'm promising you access, I'm promising you more from my side. Shaitan is promising you with fear, I'm promising you that I'll give you more. You come towards me, 
I will give you. You have a problem financially, you come towards me. You have a medical problem, you come towards me. You have emotional problem, you come towards me. Psychological problem, you come towards me. Domestic problem, you come towards me. I am the one that will give you this excess. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us this promise. And on the other side, we got the promise or the fright or the fright or the warning from shaitan. Now let's just analyze this a little bit, this fright that is from shaitan to frighten people. As-shaytanu ya'idukumul faqra. Time comes for a person to pay his zakat. His zakat is due now, I need to pay the zakat. But shaitan, he already administers that poison in a person, that fear he puts into him. That if you're going to give your zakat, what's going to happen to those accounts that you need to pay? Three months' time, four months' time, anything comes up, some unseen, unforeseen circumstance comes up, what is going to happen? You may need some money for something, something happens, you may need that money. So now shaitan is stopping the person from paying zakat. Why? Fear of poverty. A man needs to spend on his parents. He got old parents, they need medical treatment, they need some type of assistance. Financially they need help. Shaitan put that fear in this person. What's going to happen? If you're going to start giving them money, what's going to happen to your family? Putting that fear, whereas we should have this in our, in our hearts, in our lives, that these parents, we must be willing to give our life for them. Forget just giving some part of our salary towards them. We should be willing to give our life to our parents. But Shaitan is putting that fear in the heart. That what's going to happen if you start? So now, how the thinking goes? That hey, the other brothers, the other sisters, everyone else needs to contribute. Why I must pay towards my parents? That should never ever be the situation. I must be happy, oh Allah. You're giving me a chance to take care of my parents. You're giving me a golden opportunity. I don't need to look what the other brothers and the other sisters are doing. So this poverty that shaitan pushes now, it causes a person to start disrespecting his parents. Now a time comes, for example, a person, shaitan is putting that poverty, that fear of poverty. So he says, you see, you got all these assets. What's going to happen now if something, that building burns down, if that car, there's some accident that happens, what's going to happen? So now that fear is already there. Okay, now if something is going to happen, it never happened yet. Something might happen, whether it's going to happen, I don't know. Let me take out this haram insurance. I don't care. Shaitan has put that fear already. Fear of what? Poverty for something that never even occur. Remember something, one person told me this and it makes so much of sense. He said that Allah that is the provider is the protector. That Allah that gave you that asset in the first place, He is the one that will protect the asset. There is no such thing as we have to go towards haram. So this is what shaitan is doing. He is making us fright, putting fear in our hearts all the time to deviate us, to get our actions to go away from deen. And another thing that is very common with this fear of shaitan, putting fear of poverty, is Allah Ta'ala blesses many people with beautiful daughters. That young, budding, beautiful flower that has been given to us. The moment that child is born, that fear is already put in the heart of the parent. That I poiri hu tai hai. What is going to happen to this young girl if she gets divorced? Child is still young, small, not even married. But what is going to happen? She's not even married. Something that may occur, may not occur so far down the line. What is going to happen to this young girl if she gets divorced? Now in that fear of this child or this beautiful girl getting divorced, automatically that fear is motivating their father. What we have to do, we need to get a profession for this girl. We need to get degrees for her. We have to see how she can start working. We have to work towards that qualification. Why? What if she gets divorced? You saw what that fear of poverty has done. So now we have to channel that child, that beautiful budding girl Allah has given us to become the mother of the home of her family, has to now start pursuing a career. She has to go to school, has to go to high school, 
We are not interested whether it's a white school, it is intermingling boys and girls that are mixed, who is her friends, what time she's going out, studying till late. All that is not important. So long as she's coming with the six A's, the seven A's, the eight A's, we want to advertise and tell our friends how clever this daughter of mine is. We're not realizing what direction she's taking and what is the catalyst to push in that direction is the fear, what if she gets divorced? That fear that shaitan has already put. And now that young girl now is going towards university, pursuing a career, and how often it happens that the girl doesn't get a place in a local university. She has to stay in a residence at some university far away. She has to stay there and far away from the parents, far away from the family. What is happening there, Allah Ta'ala only knows. The parents have no idea. There was an alim friend of mine who was the imam there at Graham's town. So he mentions his incident. He says, I was the imam there and nearby was a campus. And many people would come and leave their young daughters, girls there to study. But they had that worry in their heart that first time we're leaving our daughters out of the home. Remember that age that we're leaving them normally is that age around 18, 19. The prime of a girl's life. She's gone out of the house already, not married, no mahram, nothing. She's staying there. So between that... Fear that shaitan has put that what is going to happen to this girl if she gets divorced and also the fear of leaving the girl away from the home. He says they would often come to that masjid where I was near the campus and they'd come to me hoping that they'll get some type of solace and they'll tell me as Imam Sahib, we're leaving our daughter to stay in a residence here. Can you please keep an eye on our daughter? So he said the first mistake they're making is asking me as the Imam to look after their daughter. Some strange girl I must look after. I would sit them down and tell them, sometimes I would sit with them in the car and tell them, I said, listen to me carefully, what I'm telling you, that this young diamond that Allah has blessed you with, this beautiful daughter that Allah has blessed you with, if you're going to leave her in this environment, I've seen many girls coming from good homes, give them six to eight months in this environment, this completely secular environment, partying environment, freedom at that young age with all that energy, all that excitement, in the weekends, what they do, the amount of drinking that takes place, the partying that takes place. i seen girls from good home coming here and after a while they're also drinking with the boys. It's not something that is far-fetched. So if you love this daughter of yours, please, for Allah's sake, take her back home and look after her. Now what that man was fearing is that if she gets divorced, but what is very often that is happening is the reverse is happening. That girl goes and she pursues her degree. Say she qualifies and she gets a degree. Very often when she does get married, now the reverse is happening. People were worried what will happen if she gets divorced. The husband is seeing that this wife of mine is earning so much. She's got triple digits figures. She got triple digit figures, double digit figures. She's got so much of money. Now instead of the husband paying the expenses of the home, the husband now is asking the wife, you contribute towards the expenses. Reverse has taken, reverse gear. The man's supposed to be contributing towards the home. Out of fear of poverty, we got the woman to study. She is now forced to contribute towards that home. How often this complaint is coming. And then what happens is men mention that we get married to such woman. And this woman already got that culture of that freedom she had. She stayed out of the home. She took the car and she went to university when she wanted. She visited the cafeteria when she wanted. She went shopping when she wanted. She studied till late when she wanted. Now to keep her within the confines of the home, to have a normal, natural, domestic life is almost impossible. What started it? That whole domestic, that home has now broken up. That mother that's supposed to be spending quality time with the child is more interested in the business, is more interested in making money, is more interested in things out of the home. 
How will that home ever come up? How will she ever give time to her children? And if she has to give time to the children, it will be with a high level of disgruntlement. One person mentioned to me, he says that I managed, my wife was a working class woman. She had a profession, she was well set up. But I managed to convince her that we need you to spend time with the children at home. They're young. If you as a mother is going to be going out early in the morning, coming back late, who's going to spend time with the children? We can't leave them with some nanny, some non-Muslim to look after these children. We need you as a mother to look after. He said, I convinced her to look after the children. The only thing that happened after that is she claimed loss of income from me. Every month, that income that she was losing, I had to now pay her, as though I'm paying someone to be my wife. So this is what happens when that mindset is there. We are thinking with that fear that shaitan is putting in the heart that we get her tied for life after that, that now she has to be tied to the secular system. Shaitan commands you towards those things that are evil, those things that are lured. And especially in this time that we are going through, this time now between Christmas and New Year is one of the worst times throughout the world as far as crime is concerned, as far as liquor, alcohol abuse is concerned, as far as car accidents are concerned, as far as divorce rates are concerned, as far as serious crime is concerned, all that is in this period. Ask those doctors that are working in the trauma units and the casualties, they'll tell you the amount of incidents they have on a daily basis because of alcohol abuse of people that are coming in with stab wounds, with injuries, with other type of fights, with accidents. It's unbelievable what happens in this period. So shaitan takes advantage of this period that we are going through. Now what shaitan makes a person do is now if, for example, we spoke about a girl going to university in the first part, if a person doesn't send his daughter to university, doesn't send her to high school, automatically now he has to become apologetic that I'm doing a wrong thing. Why the system has changed. When a man is doing the right thing, he feels as though he's doing the wrong thing. If I don't go for a holiday in this period, in this December New Year period, I suddenly have to be apologetic that why did I not go? It's a guna that I'm committing. Everyone else is going for holiday. Although I know this is the worst time, it's the most dangerous time, places are very busy, the level of fitna is very, very high in this time, but still I have to be apologetic. Just to take one example to understand, there was a person that was driving his vehicle, and in the front, he had five passengers, all squeezed up, five passengers in the front, and he had one passenger sitting in the back. So when the police pulled him over, he asked him, what is going on here? You got five sitting all in the front, and you got one in the back. Why is this? So he says, you see, there's no more place in the front, so we're forced to put one person in the back. So what, in other words, the thinking has gone opposite. There's no more place in the front, so we're forced to put one person in the back. So that is how our thinking is gone, that if I'm not doing something that is right, that I know is right, I have to become apologetic about it. Yet, we know that this is this period, the best thing a person can do is take the advice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Hazrat Uqba bin Amir radiallahu anhu, he says that, Sa'altu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam man naja. I came up to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and I asked him, what is success? He says, the first thing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told me, amsik alayka lisanak, that take control, hold, have control over this tongue, Hold it back. In other words, be careful of what you say. Be careful of what you speak. It's not only that what comes out of our lips and our mouth. 
It's also what we write, what we type on social media, what we are saying. We have to be extremely careful, especially when we got free time. When this free time is when the engagement of the tongue is more. Sometimes people are sitting over a braai, sometimes they're sitting over a meal, and now there's nothing to talk. So then what happens? Is you open the floodgates of ghibat, and we don't realize it. Amsik Ali kalisanak. It's as though this hadith of Rasulullah is fitting in this period that we are going through. Take control of your tongue. If you want to be do something intelligent, open, you got free time, open the Quran Sharif, make the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, read one kitab of hadith, read some incidents of sahaba, read something that will benefit you, rather than wasting time talking, chatting unnecessarily. I'm sick, alaykalisanak. The first advice Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa gave him when he asked what was success. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa could have given a definition, it wasn't difficult for him, but he showed three steps to reach to success. The first thing is, Amsik alayka lisanak. The second thing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Wal yasa'aka baytuk. Let your house be sufficient for you. Why is it such that if a period, holiday period come and we are at home, we are feeling guilty, we are feeling upset about it. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling us, let your house be sufficient for you. Allah has created this house as a fort for us. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. It may be a small flat, it may be a big house. But Allah has created this as a fort for us. When we in our homes, we are getting protected from the fitna that is outside. We are getting protected not only from the fitna, we are getting protected from the heat that is outside. We are getting protected from the rain that is outside. We are getting protected from so many things that is outside. Why is that desire that we must always go out to some other resort? A resort where there are non-Muslims at a day, people that are drinking wine at a day, people that are eating pork at a day, people are listening to music. All the effects of that fitna is reaching us. Why is that we must have that desire that we must go out to some resort? If New Year's come, and not only New Year's, if Easter comes or another holiday comes, we have to be going somewhere. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave me a beautiful advice. And this only needs a little bit of conditioning of the mind. If a man conditions his mind to think that this house of mind that Allah has given me is better than any accommodation I can get, in any chalet I can get, it is much better where I'm going to get a clean, park, pure home, where Quran is being read, Salah is being read, the name of Allah is being taken, there are no non-Muslims that stay in this home of mind. Where I'm going to find it in any chalet, in any resort somewhere there? A man already programmed his mind to think, how much shukar I must make for this house Allah Ta'ala has given me. One person mentioned to me, one businessman, he said, I think to myself, how foolish I am that Allah has given me such a big house. I got a house about 400 square meters, just the size of the house. He says, I got all the amenities found in that house, whatever I want is there. He says, but every holiday comes, I go stay in one small chalet somewhere. And I think to myself, what am I doing? I got such a beautiful bed, I got a state-of-the-art bed, I got a state-of-the-art air condition, I got a state-of-the-art lounge suite, state-of-the-art kitchen, state-of-the-art bathroom, but I'm coming and staying in one chalet here somewhere. Am I an intelligent person or am I a foolish person? He said, I think to myself, how foolish I am. And then I moved myself far from the masjid, that place wherein malaika are, wherein the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala is, where I can get my salat to jamaat, I left that place and I went away to some jungle to stay for a few days, thinking that I'm exciting myself. Am I a fool or am I an intelligent person? So therefore Rasulullah is saying, Wal Let your house be sufficient for you. Nobody says that a person can't go for some holiday or for some rest. That is there in its place. But let us be intelligent which period we are choosing. Are we choosing a period of fitna and fasad? Or are we choosing a period when things are quiet? It's more intelligent for a person to go at some other time if he has to go. And then you get people, Allah has blessed them, that their holiday home is their home. They are happy, they are sufficient, they are happy, they don't need to go anywhere else. We must try and make that our 
tabiat and our temperament. And the last advice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in explaining what is success is wabki ala khati'ati, cry over your sins. Not get involved in sins in this period, cry over your sins. That reflect, I should reflect over my sins, the gunas of my eyes, the gunas of my ears, the gunas of my heart, the gunas of my tongue, the gunas of my limbs. I should reflect and cry over Allah. I should cry to Allah Ta'ala that forgive me, you've given me all these ni'mats to obey you, but I use these same ni'mats to disobey you Allah, I'm extremely sorry. This is what a person should be doing. Allah Ta'ala give me the tawfiq of making amal, Allah give us all the tawfiq of making amal. It is not difficult, it's just a matter of programming this mind of ours, and the most difficult thing becomes easy. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الحمد لله الحمد لله على ذات عظيم الصفات سميع سمات كبير الشان جليل القدر في ذكر مطاع الأمر جليل البرهان فخيم الاسم غزير العلم وسيل الحلم كثير الغفران جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء عميم الإحسان سريع الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأحمر والأسود المنعوت بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين خلاصة العرب العربا وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء فيا معشر الإخوان وحدوا الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي للإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي للمعصية ومن يعصي الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكونوا من الخاسرين ألا وإن النفس لن تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله واجملوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فإن الله يحب المتوكلين واحفظوا وقتكم 
فإن الوقت أنفس من الذهب والفضة وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس يتحسر أهل الجنة إلا على ساعة مرت بهم ولم يذكروا الله تعالى فيها واستغفروا ربكم يمجدكم بأموال وبنين وادعوا ربكم فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين وقال تعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قول هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا مولانا محمد عبده ورسوله قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما معنى الحديث المختلفة أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عن وشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عن وأصدقهم حيان عثمان رضي الله تعالى عن وقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عن وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضوان الله تعالى عليهم أجمعين اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم اللهم انصر إخواننا في فلسطين اللهم انصرهم على عدوهم اللهم العن على الكفرة الذين يسدون عن سبيلك ويكذبون رسلك ويقاتلون أولياءك اللهم شدد شملهم اللهم مزق جمعهم اللهم فرق بين كلمتهم اللهم زلزل أقدامهم وأنزل بهم بأسك الذي لا ترده عن القوم المجرمين اللهم إنا نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذ بك من شرورهم فالله خير حافظ وهو أرحم الراحمين عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغ يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون وقد قال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون أقيموا الصلاة Try and stand shoulder to shoulder filling the gaps on the front and please ensure that all cell phones are switched off. Allahu Akbar. 
الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين يا أيها الذين آمنوا استعينوا بالصبر والصلاة إن الله مع الصابرين ولا تقولوا لمن يقتل في سبيل الله أموات بل أحياء ولكن لا تشعرون ولنبلونكم بشيء من الخوف والجوع ونقص من الأموال ونقص من الأموال والأنفس والثمرات وبشر الصابرين الذين إذا أصابتهم مصيبة قالوا إنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون أولئك عليهم صنوات من ربهم ورحمة وأولئك هم المهتدون الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفر إنه كان توابا الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك ربنا وتعليت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم إنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد اللهم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم احفظ مسجد الأقصى والحرمين الشريفين يا رب العالمين 
اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك من نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك من نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم سمعنا وطعنا رانك ربنا واليك المصير رحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين